All right, listen up, my little smooches. In 2022, we're supporting small and minority-owned businesses. Smooch is a genderless apparel company that's 100% made in the U.S. of A. It's queer-owned and operated by yours truly, Patrick Weaver Blog. And all of our screen printing is handled by small, family-owned print shops nationwide, meaning what? We are creating and maintaining job smoochies. So shop smooch today by clicking the link in the episode description below and use code BTF15 for 15% off your order today. Once again, that's BTF15 for 15% off your order today and every other day. Mwah! Welcome to Behind the Filter. I'm your host, Patrick Weaver, where I take you behind the scenes with some of your favorite bloggers, influencers, content creators, and you get to hear from them completely unfiltered. Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Filter. I'm your host, Patrick Weaver Blog, and I am fangirling a little bit almost today. Or I would I would have already if me and this girl had not become <laughs> like very good friends, but I can tell you I fangir- fangirled over her for quite a bit. Um, I actually first learned of who she was through a mutual friend of ours, uh, Justin Kilgore. And I was so ecstatic when I stayed in while all my other friends went out. So that way I could watch live Herbie Crown Miss Tennessee. And I cried as if I knew her personally. And I was so excited. I was jumping around screaming, ran through the hallways. Um, She quickly rose in following and uh, continues to use her social media as a platform uh, for other titles and for other organizations, as well as a lot of really funny dating stories. So I'm excited to welcome (laughs) one of my new best friends, Christine Williamson, to Behind the Filter. Hi, honey. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. I did not know that you, uh, the story about you staying in to watch that. I mean, because I've always felt like we connected like over social media. When we met, it just felt like so fluid. Um, and I think we both screamed to the point like where like the surrounding parties were just over it. But I was like, this is a moment. I don't care. This is our moment. Goodbye. Yeah, exactly. I just, I will never forget it. I was sitting in like Justin was in town and I had like gone really hard at brunch and he and like some of our other friends went out and I stayed in because I was like, I'm going to take a nap. Um, and then I started watching it and I texted him and I was like, you need to come home now. They're about to like start the crowning. And so he came in and we watched live on, I'll never forget it on my little iPad in my bed. They were like going through and then they called some other girl. And then Justin was like, oh, she's got it in the bag. That was her competition. And I was like, oh, great. Okay. So much. I, it was so fun. I literally will never forget it. I was so excited. Watched you at Miss America cheered you on with everything since um you kind of like rose quickly in following as one does when they want to stay pageant title um in in your social media following but i want to know like what was it like being a part of this sort of generation of pageant title holders that really use social media as a tool to influence so much about your platform and who you are. And I feel like this really wasn't a big deal until like Mallory Hagan was like the first Miss America to really use like Instagram and social media. 
Um, mm-hmm. But what was that like, kind of like knowing that like, it's not just, you know, like, oh, I don't need to have, you know, photos of me, maybe that I'm tagged in on Facebook from a party, but like my everyday life is literally out there for judges to see and everyone is following me, all eyes are on me constantly in this kind of new generation of pageant title holders. Yeah, it's interesting because I was like, I, I'm the end of millennials at 95. And so I, it was interesting to watch the rise and fall of social media stars. And for me, even being almost like I lived where I knew that like there, I had seen the consequences of what happened when a girl has the scandalous photo come out, or maybe it's her parting or whatever. Um, you know, it just, a picture speaks a thousand, can say a thousand words. Um, and they're not always the words that you want them to say. So I was just always very cognizant of that and very controlled with it. And so it did totally uh, shape the way I live my life. I'm glad it did. Um, I was, I can only imagine how many, how many hours I spent thinking about captions and making sure things came across the right way because uh, some people behind their screens love to sit and like nitpick. So I had to like pre nitpick and like try to think like the crazy so I could be ahead of the crazy and just avoid it altogether. Um, but at the same time, like, it's so interesting because in the beginning of Instagram, like think back to like 2013, when I um, graduated high school, going to college, it's so different, like with sepia filters and like so tons of facetune blurring. Um, but thinking back to that, and like how prominent each picture was that you posted, as opposed to now where it's not as big of a deal. And now we're, I feel like we're so overly saturated that it almost doesn't matter because I think we're also kind of in this weird midpoint of cancel culture where we're seeing um, the ebb and the flow of things where it's people can be canceled immediately, but they can also be forgiven immediately. That said, I just think it's hard with social media being an absolute. So it did shape a lot of how I live my life. There's plenty of things I had to hold my tongue saying like a long time ago, I turned off all my social app notifications just so I'm not on it because I can definitely uh, be a little hot-headed. So like the the urge to not tweet back uh, is removed when you don't see it. But um, I think it did shape a lot of how I live my life. Yeah, that's one thing too. After I like started being a blogger and kind of put myself out there as this influencer, um, I would get a lot of like weird comments and like people just that were not being very nice to me and the very beginning of it from like my hometown yeah. and it was like why are you being such an asshole like you taught me in like the third grade and just for instance but like that's just an example not an actual right I mean, teacher is a lovely woman and I adore her um still <laughs> just to qualify it just but to yeah, qualify I mean, it insane. I'm just saying or like you know somebody that like I went to church with my whole life and like they're coming at me about something and I'm just like whoa like I just been putting out, you know, like this, I don't know why you're so up in arms about it. So I, I too had to learn the hard way that it sometimes is better to like not say anything. Something I still like, I don't respond to every hate comment I get on TikTok or Instagram or every, you know, hateful DM that I get five or six of a day. It's just like, I swipe and delete, I keep it moving. I block and bless. But I used to be in that mindset where like- I love this. I was so ready to like defend every single thing. And I would like go after people so fiercely. And I feel like it really did, you know, in a way hurt my reputation in the beginning of building this community that I've built. Um, 
I did. But you recognize that and that's what matters. Oh, 110%. Especially if I posted something political, I'm very left-wing and I'm from the state of Alabama and a very rural town in Alabama. So like I, I, I would pop off at people all the time about, you know, things that they would say politically wise. And I was always like, oh, you're a Republican, so you're automatically a racist. And then I like, grew a lot and matured a lot in my thought process. And now I've learned that like one does not, one plus one doesn't always equal two in those situations. And it's better to just like type it out what you want to say that's really mean and like you want to go at somebody and then just delete it and walk away. And then you've gotten it out of your system, but you never published it. And the amount it's, of- I'm big on getting it out of your system. Like my notes app, um, has seen plenty of that. Like, mm-hmm. honestly, I, I journal a ton, like I have a morning and nighttime journal routine, but sometimes it's just, that's where you have to get it out. And for me, like I live and die by kickboxing. That is the, better than therapy. Just oh, I'm better. sure. I'm sure. <laughs> but it's out. And then you just kind of like, I have to visualize it. And then it's like, but then you never think about it again. And then you didn't post it. Yeah. Then, then it's like you said, social media is absolute, like absolute, like it is very much like you can press delete, but it's still somewhere. Someone has a screenshot of it. hundred percent. I think that's something too, that like younger generations don't quite get yet. And I think that's going to be yes. very detrimental to them in the future. But um, speaking of people that like would make like sort of like hateful comments, I'm sure through, you know, you being somebody that is followed by so many people and having a level of influence um, and being in the world of pageantry, I'm sure every now and then you get the message or the comment about how like, it's not a very feminist thing to do or it's degrading to women. And I wonder, you know, how you've been able to use you know, you're following on TikTok and Instagram to kind of combat maybe some of the stereotypes about pageant women and, you know, the typical pageant girl. I think we look at Miss America and we see it. And then you see a show like Kim of Queens on TLC and Honey Boo Boo. And there's like this weird kind of ebb and flow and push and pull between, you know, the reality of what it is to be in pageants, which I understand because I've been a judge in several of them. And I know a lot of them. I know the time commitment that goes into it versus what people Mm -hmm. see on social media and on television, which is a woman in heels in a bikini parading in front of a bunch of men that are judging her on her body and her appearance. So what is that like to kind of use your platform for that? And is that something you still struggle with still being involved in the pageant world? Yeah. So I think to answer your question, a couple different parts, I think one of the reasons that we're at where we're at is partially because of COVID, because while Everybody was locked inside. We've also seen this rise of the TikTok overnight celebrity. So when everyone's a celebrity, no one is. So there is that element of it's a little, it's a little bit harder to feel like you're in a position of notoriety. I think when someone has become famous in their kitchen or their living room or whatever. So there's that element, not to say that what they're doing isn't great. Not to say that it's really, I love with marketing and working influencer marketing. I love seeing people be able to grow into this new space, but at the same time, like, because society shifting the perception, the role, um, and the way we portray ourselves also has to change. Like one, it was so, um, when you said, when you mentioned like people from your hometown making comments, one of my best friends growing up sent me, this was not a social media thing. This was like old school, but it was based on social media. I got a handwritten letter, handwritten hate mail. I was honestly very flattered. 
um, about how I was caused, I, cause I come from a Baptist mega church in Memphis. And, um, I, while I do identify as a Christian, I think that the Christian community is lacking a lot of empathy and not to say that there aren't Christians of sympathy and empathy and feel for people, but I see that, um, pretty regularly and especially with Facebook and all that fun stuff. But I got a handwritten note from this kid that used to be one of my best friends and saying how I was causing them to lust and sending them to hell by being in a swimsuit. And so going into pageants, oh yes, oh yes. I was like, I already, and I just like threw it away. Like, I was like, we're not going to let this stay here. Like I do not claim this energy. Um, just a very conservative background with a lot, a lot of lacking of, uh, in, um, life, uh, experiences, I should say. So anyways, um, going into pageants at 17, I thought I would be my first ever time competing. I didn't grow up around this. This was not something I was like groomed for or raised around. Like I remember watching Miss America and my dad saying, you could do that. And he kind of grew up in the golden era when like we had Miss Tennessee when Miss America and there were just tons like in the South, especially like in the tri-state area. So Mm -hmm. he convinced me to do three and I was like, sure, whatever. Um, but we thought I was, since I was a 17 year, had just turned 17 senior in high school that I'd be in teen. Well, it bumped me up to miss. So I'd competing with girls up to 25, almost 26. And now at 26, like looking back, I'm like, this is a lifetime of difference. So you don't know what you don't know. But so I'd never worn a two piece swimsuit. Like I went to Canicut camp in Missouri where we wore speedos. Like it just not say had a wonderful experience at Canicut, by the way, 10 out of 10 would get that speedo tan back if I could get my t- skin, skin to look like that and like not risking cancer. But anyways, so, uh, like that was brand new to me and like going into it, I had to think like, is I never felt at any point that it was objectifying myself. Uh, I always looked at it as like, here I am. This is me. I'm proud of where I'm at. Like it's also comes with the way you carry yourself in my opinion, but I also can't control people's perceptions. Like I felt confident. I felt empowered. I felt unstoppable. And it was the first time going into training for the lifestyle and fitness competition, which we'll call swimsuit. It was the first time I really took my health and nutrition seriously that I was like focused and dedicated and on a goal. I didn't play sports in high school. We only had track and basketball for girls. And like, I run when I'm angry. Otherwise it's a jog. So like, no. Um, so going into it, it was this thing of like, I had to kind of wrestle with a lot of that going into it. And, um, the more I looked at it and the more I uh, got into it and it took six preliminaries before I won my first, but it just felt, it always felt like this very empowering thing to me. And so when I got to Miss America, even though at Miss NSEA, I competed in swimsuit and one swimsuit, which was like a whole thing. Like that was like, I had never worked so hard in my life for like to actually physically, literally chase a goal. Um, but then to get to Miss America and them to take away swimsuit, but with the messaging of this is because you've been objectified, this is your choice. And I'm like, my boat, like to sit here and say how you're empowering me and giving me a platform is completely false because never once was my opinion asked for, listened to, or otherwise considered. So for me, I think it's all about like how you approach it and why you're approaching it. Like if you're just approaching it for a crown and to be in a swimsuit and do all this and say you did it, that's fine. That's great. If you want to do it for that, hundred percent, but there has to be a little bit more why I think to be really successful in it and to keep going and to make a difference. Like a lot of girls um, want to, when they get into competing in different pageant systems. And um, I just think there's a lack of public perception and understanding. And I think, that comes from one, just the times we've been in where 
you haven't been able to, there hasn't been any broadcasting, there hasn't been any competition for a very long time and now it's all coming back. And two, I also think the messaging has to change. And as Miss Volunteer America comes up and as other systems that do have swimsuit come up and are gaining more popularity and hopefully will just continue to blossom, that's when we can see like what an empowered woman looks like and how we can see that it's okay to wear a crown and sash and still be look pretty damn good. And an empowered woman can be in a swimsuit. She can be in whatever she wants to be. Yeah. I I think that's something too that I've been so close to so many different women that have competed in various circuits. The Miss mm-hmm. America organization, Miss USA. It's to me, it's like I know these women personally. So it's easy for me to be like, it is so much more than this. I've seen them, you know, work for hours on interview prep. I've seen them work for hours on building a platform and hosting events and raising money and like doing all of these things. And I'm like, yes, you know, she's in a swimsuit, but also like, what about all the, you know, 85% of her time, you know, a day that she's spending on all this other stuff that just seems to be overlooked because of one thing. I think, you know, it's, it's always one of those things to me where I'm like, why do we always just go back to such a shallow view of women? I think it's something in society and especially in pop culture today that we just have this very shallow perception of you know, women and we don't see them fully yet as a society as these very powerful and smart and driven individuals. I think we're starting to kind of get there. I think there's an incredible amount of women who have kind of been trailblazers in that way. Um, I wanted to ask too, though, Absolutely. what's like, what's been like the one, I'm, I'm sure you've had a bajillion questions asked to you. What's been like the most annoying question people always ask you about being in pageants? Mm. Oh, no one's ever asked me that before. Oh. I like that question. Okay. Um, <laughs> go off. Hello. <laughs> well, um, competing okay there's two different answers the first one is when I was competing what like if I said my title or that I like let's say I was Miss Memphis and I was going and I'm going to see the question that irritated me the most was well how did you do last year (laughs) like or if like yeah this is my second like it just that would drive me insane or um so now it's I get this all the time now because I feel like in your twenties, you start to see like your friend group range from um, all sorts of different age brackets. And so what drives me crazy, it, well, you know, there's two different things. One is not knowing the difference between uh, Miss America, Miss Volunteer America, Miss USA, like. Not knowing the difference between the three. Oh, I'm like, which so- I don't, I, well, I understand it's not a pop culture thing, but like, oh, I'm just like, no. Or so that, and then, um, oh, well, I just, t- it totally slipped my mind, but there's always like some, uh, someone that'll say, um, well, do you know so-and-so like, that's like saying you're from Iowa. Do you know, like Jesse Smith? Like, I don't, I don't know. It's just, it, so it's, she did a pageant one time. It was in Oklahoma and it was in 1943. And I'm like, what? That is, I get that all the time now that like, especially traveling for work and stuff like here in other States and people will throw out people's names. Yeah. No, it is a small circle. So like, there's like a 75% chance I'll probably know her, but if it was 10 years before me, probably not. 
<laughs> it's so interesting to see when people ask it all the time. They're like, do you know like Jane Doe? And I'm like, what? she's yeah. from Alaska. I'm like, cool. Now right. that said, a friend of mine from Chattanooga was on a trail in Alaska and ran into Mimus, Alaska. They texted me. So, I mean, stranger things have happened. Yes. I don't know if I've ever told you this, but did I ever tell you that, uh, gosh, I think it was 2004. Um, I believe it was 2004. Um, the, one of my babysitters was Miss Alabama in like 2004. Um, and to be from like my little small hometown of like Bruton, Alabama of six, like 6,600 people, everyone was like, freaking out when she won Miss Alabama. She like, I remember she came to my elementary school to like read a book to us. I don't think I was, I think that's something you never forget. I'll never forget. Um, I went in like the back room of the library. Cause my mom like knew that I knew her, but I'd never seen her like done up like this with, you know, the hair that flipped up back in the day and the crown. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. The white pantsuit. And you know, I was just like full. I was like, Catherine Crosby is Miss Alabama. What, like Miss Catherine that babysat me one time? Um, but I was oh, so it's in like, such a thing. It's such a thing, and I think too, I, I, it was like something I w- will always stick with me. But also to like now, it's so funny that like I've continued to like follow along with her, and she's doing so um, like amazing things. She's an attorney. She's been an elector. Um, you know, and went to like the Republican National Convention and like just incredible things. Like she's just phenomenal. But I'll never forget that one day in the back of the library at Bruton Elementary School, getting to see her for the first time. And like I had this Catherine Crosby button and like these t-shirts. Oh. I'll never forget it. Um, but that's such a moment, especially like in the early 2000s when it was still like really booming. Like really? even up to 2010, I'd argue when it was just like we were still kind of in that golden heyday of it or like one of them it it's just such a special moment when like someone you know really succeeds like it's just such a beautiful thing and like especially like it's just when you can see your role model and like you know the saying like don't meet your heroes when you meet the hero and they are everything you thought they were like that is something that is just so unique and special and beautiful yeah that's one thing too there's a lot of people who nowadays they'll ask me stuff about like oh well I know you know so and so what are they like and like nine times out of ten, I just wanna, actually pretty great I just want to be like um well uh, you know they're not all they're cracked up to be um especially with like the in within my like sphere of like fashion beauty influencers which is like where I run you know there's a lot of people and I tell people all the time I'm like you think you like so and so I'll tell you right now that person's a fake. They are phony. They are terrible. They are mean. They are spiteful. But like, I can't physically say that because like, then it just becomes. Well, like, nor would you, because that's not who you are either. Yeah, I'm not and, gonna, but it's that hard it. thing too. Because like, that's also kind of a flip side to it where mm-hmm. I think, now not to say like that there's not fake pageant girls because there are. But oh, like, when you I've heard so much about like, specifically one Miss America. I won't name her. I'll mouth it to you. I'll write it on a piece of paper and then I'll show it to you. Oh, so you're going to like write it on a piece of paper because I'm like, I got nothing. I also have, but there's like, but (laughs) it's always interesting to me because there's also girls that are like, that are so genuine because I don't get how you could fake it for that long. Because for me, it's like, they're like, you're like this, like sitting on your couch and sweatpants. I'm like, yeah, like it's, 
oh yeah, that's very true. Mm-hmm. Um, but you didn't hear from me, but it's, but it's one of those things where I'm like, it's just when you have to, like, if I'm trying to live it and be it, like, I always looked at it. I had this amazing coach, God rest his soul, his soul, Don Baker. And his thing was like, you are never going to be it unless your subconscious accepts it. Like before manifesting really became, came on the scene. It was like, you have to live this, breathe this and like, it, like work it into submission and till it is who you are. Like it's showing up as the person you want to be every day. And he, I would not be the woman I am today without his guidance. Like it just, it changed the way I approach life. Like not people are always like, Oh, you went to all Miss, you didn't party. I'm like, I didn't have time for that. Like I had bigger dreams than the, the Pike Pratt house. Like I'm good. Yeah. So it just like, have a good time, do your thing. But like, you have to show up as what you want to be. And it's, if you don't start showing up as that, they're not just going to knock on your door and like step into your body one day. Like you have to show up as that until you become it. That's something too, that I always tell. I have a lot of, uh, kind of aspiring influencers that come to me and they're always like, what's like the best advice you can give me? Like, I want to do this, but I'm scared. And I'm always like, I treat it as if I am a business owner every single day. This is a full-time job for me. I, when I first started, do you think it was fun for me to pick up my phone and hold it and go happy Monday, everyone? Like, no, I felt like I was such a fraud. I was so scared to do it. I was like, what if people make fun of me? But then I was finally like, if I don't do this and treat this as if I am somebody with a million followers, I won't ever be that. And so was I exactly. myself? Absolutely. Did I put my own Patrick spin on it? Absolutely. But I was like, I'm going to be this today and I'm going to show up for it today. And if not, you're never going to get to that point in, you know, your career, whether that's in a pageant or in the influencer space, which is just an insane market to an in, in industry. Yeah. To do. I mean, there's crazy stuff that goes on in this. Um, I believe that. Yeah, it's it's just absolutely insane. So um, we're going to take one quick little break and we'll be right back. But as long as she's not like a Karen Karen, it's cool. Okay, I'll admit it. Sometimes I have a little too much fun with my friends doing some socially distanced drinking, or I might just have a little too much wine while I'm watching my favorite Netflix shows on my couch. But I simply do not have the time to feel bad after a night of drinking, which is why I turn to Cheers Health. Cheers is the best thing to happen to alcohol since alcohol. Just two capsules after your last drink, and I promise no grogginess, no headache, or any of those other hangover symptoms we hate the next day. Join the over 300,000 plus customers like myself and use my code PATRICKWEAVER15 to get 15% off your order of Cheers products. Personally, you guys, I love the Restore Capsules and the Hydrate Powder. Once again, that's PATRICKWEAVER15 for 15% off at CheersHealth.com. Cheers! And we're back with Christine Williamson. Um, Okay, so... One thing that I have been loving is not only do we text about this every now and then, but we, you post about this a lot more than I, I should honestly start posting about this are, you know, interactions with the male specimen or the male species. I just said male species. We both have, they are a specimen, aren't they? They, they are, they're a specimen. It doesn't matter if they are straight, gay, bisexual, pansexual. It doesn't matter. A man will always just be a man. And unless they're you, no one can be you. 
no one can beat me. I'm just going to throw in shameless plugs this whole time. I hope you know that. There you go. I love it. Please do. It makes you feel great about myself. I was going to be like, I'm going to claim favorite guest this whole time. Like if, there's probably not a crown, but if there was, I want to know I'd get it. I, there you go. Um, I love when you go on your dating rants on TikTok and you share these stories about these like vile men who are just these entitled little assholes. But I love it. So like what made you want to start sharing like these horror stories about this? For me, like it's, we don't show their names because we're not trying to give them the notoriety, but at the same time, so I work in influencer marketing. I work for a startup called Ubiquitous and I'm the lead campaign execution coordinator and love it. Love my job with the people I work with. But so seeing, uh, the, all these people in the TikTok space, like the thing that I found, and like someone said this at the very beginning of us founding our company was TikTok is your real self. Instagram's your ideal self. And it mm-hmm. just never changes. It, it gets a little bit more true every day. And so for me, I'm like, this is just going to be my little like 60 second micro blog, like whatever. And I just, I, you kind of have to laugh at it. Cause like dating in the, in your twenties and in this like COVID space is so hard. People are like, Oh, I'm going on dates, but they're like virtual. I'm like, that I just, I like, I support it. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm such a like touchy feely. I have to write shit down person. Mm-hmm. I don't know that you couldn't fake it over the camera. So like, I, I don't know. And for me, it's just like, I kind of have to laugh at it. Cause it's also like, my dad didn't marry him until he was in his, like, he was like 32, he was like 40 when he had me, but it's weird. Like walking into this year, I'm turned 26 in October. My mom was 26 when she married my dad. And I'm like, it was kind of like, I thought it would be feel weird, but it doesn't like it's whenever I start to date, my mom's like, why are you bothering? Like what, like you are living your best life. Like, why are you taking the time? And like, I think you should always put yourself out there if you are ready for it. So for me, I kind of have to laugh at it. It's one of my coping mechanisms is humor. And so I always say like, if you don't laugh, you'll cry. But for me, it's also like the things that some of these men say, I'm like, do you hear yourself? Like, were, do you ever like think about the things that you are going to verbalize before you, before you let them escape your mouth? Or do you just like shut it off and let it roll? Like, what are we doing here? Like, I'll never forget. Like, I just, I don't get it. And like, I'll never forget. Like I had been like dating someone, like we'd been dating for a few months. Like we weren't committed or anything, but we've been dating. And he uh, said something like we were catching up and, um, after a little while, because I just decided like it wasn't going to go anywhere. And so we, were, we ended up uh, getting lunch and catching up a few months later. And uh, he said, like, oh, you finished. I didn't realize you had a master's. I'm like, I have two. And he was I was like, we were like seeing each other when I was finishing. He was like, your mom bought me like Golden Goose sneakers for fin- like when I finished. Because that was like a huge joke. Because I was working two jobs and I was finishing two masters. Like I didn't sleep. And you you don't remember that like are you okay clearly not I just like I was so astonished like I was speechless for the rest of the lunch like took my towel just like politely excused myself but I was like like that did not just happen and I don't know if he was doing it for reaction or what the only reaction he got was me just like like what's that TikTok sound like the woman was too stunned to speak like I don't think I talked for the rest of the day I was so just shocked men are how they're terrible the only thing they have is the audacity they're truly i've like there's a handful of good ones but like i'm just like where y'all what is preventing y'all from joining that group 
a, a third brain cell to go with the two that they have left. Um, exactly. That's, that's the problem. Yeah. I, I don't know. Did I tell you the, I think I texted you about this. Did I tell you about the horror story? I honestly need to, I need to get on TikTok and rant about it, but I don't know. I think I might've like I heard a snippet. Okay. I think I might've texted you about this, but I can't remember. Cause I'm always, you and I text all the time, but it's like very sporadic for like 30 minutes back and forth. And then I were like four days apart. Um, but that's why we just, but I love that we can roll with that. Yeah. I, that's just, that's how, that's how my schedule works. I'm sorry. Um, uh, same. You're in good company. Just a thing. I, yeah. That's we're, why we're friends though. Exactly. Um, so I like got off of all dating apps for quite a while. Just like had to take a break from them. For sure. Downloaded a few back, start chatting with this person. And here's also my number one gay. I don't even know if this is just like a gay men thing, but I hate when someone says, let's move this away from insert dating app name here. What's your snap? Uh-uh. No. It's an immediate block now for me. If you don't want my phone number to be able to call me so I can hear your man voice or, you know, FaceTime me so I can have FaceTime with you, then like, I'm yeah. sorry. It's just not going to, I'm not going to sit here and like send endless snaps back and forth and a snap message that disappears immediately after it's been opened and then wait for the inevitable nudes to surface. I'm not doing it. See, because for me, like, I have all my socials off, so I don't check my snap most days. So, and to, it just, oh, mm-mm. like, you want to snap, like, immediate red flag. Immediately yeah. no. Immediately exactly. no. So the few that do say, can I get your number? Or here's my number texting. I'm like, okay, step one in the right direction. So I ended up um, deciding to go to dinner with this guy. Mm-hmm. I go out to dinner and like, I wasn't super excited about it. I was like, he's, you know, got a really, you know, he's got a cute face. He has good hair, has a good hairline. He had, you know, nice teeth. They could be wider, but I can fix that. Um, you know, style was. That's a crest strip in an hour. Yeah. I'm like, that's a crest strip and, and, you know, a switching up a toothpaste, like not a big deal. The style was like mostly decent uh, in the photo. So I was like, okay, I don't see any cargo pants or cargo shorts. We're good. No flip-flops or chacos, even better. We're doing well, you know? And so I was mm-hmm. like, if there's any of that, you know, surface level stuff, I can fix that. And I'm sorry yeah. to, to anyone that's listening. We do think about these things. We take mental notes and we write that shit down and we will remember it for the rest of our lives. I didn't want to well, go on that date. When I judge a pageant, I can pick a winner, but I can change her dress. Like with a pageant winner. And you know, it's like, the easiest thing. Like, oh, I didn't like her dress. I'm like, that's the easiest thing to change. It's the easiest thing. I, the, the worst was always for me when I, we'll get into this because I want to talk about pageants and judging and all of this stuff. Cause I have so anyways, surface level, you can change your clothes in five minutes. Yeah, that's a, that's a, clothes, not a big deal. Um, you know, I'm one of these people where I like to go to the same restaurant on a date because I now know the bartenders and the servers and they know me. So I feel more comfortable and, but that's smart. You have to. Yeah. Because you just never know, you know, I'm not trying to turn into an episode of Dateline in this bitch. Like I'm just not, <laughs> I don't need a exactly. series about me and, you know, being kidnapped and murdered. Like 
I'm sorry. I don't, I don't want, want to podcast. Talk the next Gabby Petito case. Like I don't want to. So and I don't want a podcast looking for my body. I want to know where my body is. I want to know where it is. And I want to be breathing and alive until the day the Lord calls me home peacefully at home in my sleep <laughs> at 98 years old. So exactly. So I'm plus also you just, especially, you know, and, and I have to say this queer people in Southern states have to be careful because there is always going to be someone that could potentially harm you or hurt you. It's why like I stopped the, the 2 a.m. grinder hookups three years ago because it's scary and it should be something that you should think of. You do not invite somebody over to your home at 4 a.m. No, not know. It's not safe. It's not safe. Do I send suggestive messages sometimes on Bumble and in Hinge and Tinder at 2 a.m. when I'm wasted on red wine on my couch? Absolutely. Do I still go to bed and they don't come over? Correct. Right. It's just like, it shouldn't be that way, but it's just, you should never invite a stranger into your, I mean, it's like, but you don't think about it like that in the moment, Mm -hmm. but that's it. But you're exactly right. And I hate that it's that way, but especially like the LGBTQIA community has to be 10 times more careful and it blows but let's talk about it. Yeah, it is, it is, it is what it is. So, you know, so I like to go to this one restaurant and it's conveniently located directly underneath my apartment. Like I'm, it's right beneath my feet at this current moment. And so I don't tell people what complex I live in. They just know that I live in this area area of Nashville. Or I say, I live downtown. That's a large area. You got Broadway, you got Lower Broad, you got the Gulch, you got 12 South, you got Germantown, you got West End, you like you got Midtown. That's a lot of area. So that's I a always, lot of apartment complexes. Like that's a lot of there's no way. complexes. And so I, you know, I always say, Oh, I love this restaurant. We should go there. It's, you know, this restaurant that's over in downtown. Here, here's the address. You know, so he said, great. I actually, you know, have never been to that place. It's a new location though. And so I think it would be great to go. It won't be super crowded. So I said, great, you know, we'll just go to lunch. I, like myself, showed up 15 minutes early. Let the girl, let the girl at the host stand that I know, know that I was about to be here on a date, you know, just letting you know, if you see things going bad, Bring me my usual. I'll have a Sauvignon Blanc. Thank you very much. And so that's my usual. Yep. I was like, bring the Sauv Blanc, please. Thank you. Um, so I'm sitting there and I'm just like, is he gonna show up? Like he said he was on his way. It's five minutes till. Why is he not showing up here? Because I always like to be the first one there because then it shows initiative. And it's also like, if you show up late, I'm like, sorry, my time's valuable and I have to leave and I won't talk. See, I have a two to five minute window. I'm like two to five minutes late. I was like, make them wait. I see. I I, I like to be first in first out. Um, so I don't like people seeing what I drive. if It's a different location. That's also very, that's it. Yep. I don't know. I'm from Memphis. I'm very paranoid and I'm not from Memphis, like Germantown. I'm from Memphis. (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm from Cordova specifically. Like Like I have seen SWAT raids in my neighborhood. I'm aware. Yes. It, it's, it, it happens quite frequently in my neighborhood in Nashville. Um, so, um, you know, or you just hear the rapid gunfire all the time. Oh my God. Um, it's very, you know, it lulls me right to sleep these days. It's white Um, noise. It's 
why I have a white noise, a rainmaker, and my fans on all at once. I don't. Um, I don't blame you. Anyways, back to your story. Yeah, back to my story. So I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, I hear Patrick. And I look up, and by look up, I mean almost at eye level with me as I'm sitting at a table. (gasps) He was five foot three. For anyone out there that doesn't know this, I'm six foot one, almost six two. And I, I'm like, I'm sorry if this sounds, you know, shallow and conceited. I'm not going to date someone that's under five ten. No, but you know what you know. I mean, if it this, I don't think that's shallow. That's just knowing yourself. Like that's your it's expectation. Just, it's just and it, was it something y'all had talked about before? No. And then, of course, you know, I sat there and, you know, of course I make eye contact with the girl there that I know. And she immediately brought over the wine. Um, And I was just like, I was like, thank you. And he goes, oh, you ordered wine. And I was like, oh yeah, I needed a a glass of wine. Sorry. I always like a glass at lunch, like had to make something up. And I was like, I'm just, it's a lunchtime. I'm just going to get hammered because I can't continue on in this conversation. I don't. So I'm just like downing wine. Um, and then, you know, conveniently was able to slip out as he was paying the checks that I had to run. I had to go do something and then just ran up the back stairs to get back into my apartment. Oh my God. So that you wouldn't see me like walking around the building and going into the gate. Cause then I was like, oh no. So I was but like, that's a huge difference. Like it's not, oh no. Cause it's also like, sometimes you can't tell. And it's not to say like, I'm five, nine. I wear heels like it's my job now. Hey. That's what I'm sitting at my desk right now, a sneaker seat. But like, but it's just, you know, like it's, it's just one of those things. It's not that it's like a con. It's not that it's like, it makes somebody a bad person. It's just, I know what I like and here's what it is. That's not going to change. Period. I don't be, I don't want to be taller than you in flats. Like I'm okay if we're, there's like a couple inches. Like if we're, I'm going to be taller than you in heels, if I'm not taller than you in heels, you probably pay, play for the NBA because my heels are platforms and they're like through the roof. Like I over to my side over here is my shoe wall. Like I have a problem. Yeah. But, Oh, did he represent yeah. the lollipop guild? He, he was a member of the lollipop guild. And I just, I'm so of course, you know me, I go home and I go back and I open up the dating app and I scroll down. Cause I'm like crazy. And I go, I have the setting to five eleven and up. Okay, because that was the thing. So I was like, if you didn't talk about it, then like there, there's something there that's not like two plus two is not does not equal five. Because I have it set and, to where my preference is five eleven and above. He didn't have his uh-uh. his wasn't listed, so therefore it still showed up. Oh, we don't like that. That's that should be illegal. And I like I know for a fact that he was five three because I later on like went back to said restaurant which we i'm not going to release the name of um no and, don't tell us where you live don't should don't share uh, no, that i'm not no i've had a stalker put in jail before um like oh a year yeah oh that's another that's not what we want camera, that's an off-camera story <laughs> yeah. yeah um just i just uh, you know but everything is all all court documents are sealed so <laughs> Um, exactly. Wait, so you went back to the restaurant. I went back to the restaurant and they, like, and they were like, she was like, he was my height, Patrick. He was my height. And I was like, 
how tall are you? Like, I knew it was bad, but I was like waiting for like a five, six moment, five, seven. And she's like, I'm five, three. And I just like wanted to vomit everywhere. Well, it just like, you know what you expect. And that was not on the menu. That was not on the list of orders. It's it's like, it's, it's not like, you know, I ordered a, you know, a, a tuna roll, but they brought me salmon. It was like, I ordered like, you know, they brought you a rotisserie chicken and they brought me a rotisserie chicken. And I was like, that's, this is not what I asked for. This is not what I requested. Like, it's you know, like that. It's that. Who is that? Like that precious girl on TikTok. It's like, can I get a pump? Uh, can I get a pumpkin loaf? We're all out. Okay, perfect. Like that's exactly. Yes. That. That. So. Oh my god! You ordered tuna with a you ordered a tuna roll with a side of eel sauce, and they gave you a rotisserie chicken from Kroger. Yeah, quite literally. That's that is exactly. <laughs> I should put that on my business cards. That. <laughs> For cases when, hire me for your marketing. Exactly. That's fantastic. You'll get a rainbow tuna roll with me. That is, that is exactly what happened. And I was very upset about it. It was like, I wanted the Wagyu, I wanted the Wagyu, you know, you know, $300 Wagyu steak. They showed up with a sirloin T-bone from Texas Roadhouse. I mean. It was, it was hard. I mean, I hate to say it, but I'm like. I'm right there with you with height. It's just, it's a thing. Like there's like, you can be, you have to be at least an inch or two taller than me. Like I don't, I can't do shorter. I can't do it. Yeah. I because can't. if it doesn't bother me, it'll bother you. Exactly. Also, I have to ask you this. Cause I, I mean, I watch all of your TikToks, but I wanted to know, have you addressed hat fishing and straight men yet on your TikTok? Hat fishing? Like when they, is that or like every photo every photo that they have on their dating profiles or anywhere they have a hat on so you don't know if they're actually bald or not until they take See, it I off i haven't run into like that i've run into that i've run into a lot of people with long hair that wear hats and so i'm just like that's just i don't know why you would do that every day my thing is beard fishing men look like the look is just like he could go from a two to an eight yeah the beard like it just bone structure he doesn't have bone structure beard it just that I think when you're dating, like if he has a beard, it's like my dad used to always say, he's from North Mississippi. And he would always say, you know, you always got to make sure that you get a girl weigh it. Like you got to put her in the lake, put her in the lake, get that stuff off. Cause lake water gets rid of all of it. He's like, then you know what she looks like and what you're going to wake up next to. And I'm like, that's brilliant. Um, I like started in his accent then it went away. I don't know. But, but it's same thing with beard, like girl, shave it, put gum in it, do it in his sleep. I don't care shade it because that will look like a different person and you need to know like after that certain checkpoint like there's like relative checkpoints i don't believe um my mom taught me this one but like you don't know someone until you've known them for 18 months then you see their true colors you've been around them and every i know i'm like carol has like some little sneaky tidbits that i like all of it it's true because like a year and a half you've seen them with their families you've seen them with their friends you've seen them get angry you've seen them at work like you can't be perfect for 18 months. And if you can, you are a psychopath and I'm running far away because there's probably been other red flags, but, but you have to like to truly see someone's authentic self, like, cause it's not always going to be pretty. Like I, I believe, um, to end my answer on an optimistic note, like, uh, like love is a choice to me. Like love is not a feeling. It can be a feeling, but love is a choice. Love is a verb. Love is an action. And it's not always pretty. And loving someone isn't always pretty because none of us are pretty all the time. And 
you really don't know someone until you see them in every circumstance and there's still going to be new ones, but 18 months, she's like, I, which I think it's funny. Cause like, she wouldn't say yes to my dad when he proposed until 18 months. That's fantastic. I like, Ooh. Ooh. Also, I, your parents were a little older than my parents were. So my parents were 19 and 20 when they got married. Really? Mm-hmm. That is to see. They didn't was, get me until they were like in their early forties is when they adopted me. So, you know, like I have older parents. I'm thankful that my parents are not like, you know, like 40 years older than me, but like, I'm thankful my parents are like 20, 30 years older than me because I'm like, you guys are, have already been through everything that I'm going through. I, especially now I think too, and you could probably attest to this, our parents nowadays, like they may have zero idea about like what I do for work, but they still have so much advice on just being in the workplace, even though they have no concept of like being an influencer. They're like, I don't really know what that means. I don't really know how you get, you know, you make money from this. They're like, just make sure that you do X, Y, or Z. If you don't have an argument with these, they're just so wise now. And the older that I get, the more I realize it. And I'm like, my mom's been telling me for 10 years not to be an asshole to people online, but I didn't listen to her because I thought I knew better. And now I'm like, nope. You were actually right, mom. And I hate that you're right. That's how you are. No, it's totally thanks. Like my, so my dad was 40 when he had me and then he was 42 with my sister. So my dad's always exactly four years older than me. And we're going to walk in the living room so I can plug my laptop charger in because for some reason this one isn't working. But it, it is one of those things where like, especially growing up around the family business, I'm so grateful for because I, I've learned so much from them. And even though like, I always say like, especially when I was Mississippi and doing my school tour and talking to kids every day, they're everything I used to like yell and scream and cry at my mom about. I thank her for now. Like my yeah. pod just popped out standby, but it's just, but it's true because there's so much you learn from your parents when they are older because they have so much more life experience that I do. I'm grateful that my parents were older because one, I mean, so, divorce is very common and I'm glad that they like took the time that they were a couple that happened to find each other's soulmate and not to say that you can't have multiple soulmates, blah, blah, blah. However, I do think it was easier. Like they had more figured out and didn't have me younger because I love that they were more financially stable. Like it just gave us a very different view of it. It also gave me a very different view of what it's like to grow up in like a working family environment where my mom used to be a special needs teacher. Um, she ended up coming on to the family business and she's a CEO now. She runs the office side. Dad does that. Like, but I learned, I've just learned so much from watching both of them through the years that mm -hmm. uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. I feel the same way about my family. Um, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to play a fun little game. So we'll be right back with more. And we're back. <clears throat> and we are back. I'm like, I'm here choking. Let me, let me get a sip of water real quick. Okay. And don't die on me. So normally I do a series of just like really fun rapid fire questions. But since you are a pageant girl, I that sounds like such a weird way to say that. Since you are a, you know, I'll former, take it. former Miss America contestant, a beauty queen, a queen of life, I thought it might be fun. For a queen of life. I love it. The queen of life, just put it on a sash and wear it. Um, I thought it might be fun for us instead to ask each other an on stage styled question. 
And also, I'm just curious to see what you might think of this or think of my answers. Because, you know, I do really well in interview. Um, I, I, that's the one thing I've never worried about going in for a job interview. Cause I'm always like, I don't, I'm so prepared for this. I've done so many at this point that like, you can ask me anything and I'm going to be able to say something with very few color words. Cause I'm just trained for that. Um, but before we do that too, I did want to revisit something about, and this is something too, that I think about the influencer space. You said you, know, you could always pick a winner because you could, they can always change a dress. And I thought that was so interesting because I feel the same way about like people I know that could be an influencer or that could be a blogger or who have a really, you know, great, you know, way of showcasing their life on social media. And I'm like, I don't know why you don't want to do this because you'd be so good at it. And like, you could be the next, you know, insert TikToker here, but I thought it was so interesting that you said that too, because I'll never forget. I was just judging like a little, it used to be called junior miss. I think it's distinguished young women. Yeah. DYW. Yeah. So they uh, like metal though, but like their fitness routines, listen, yeah, those fitness routines were no joke. I was like, that's like a 15 minute Tabata period. Yeah. And so uh, like I had judged a couple of like local, like DYWs, you know, for them to go on to the state of Alabama. And I'll never forget, I looked at this girl and she won and she deserved to win. But the one thing I could never get over was the fact that her like self-expression dress, so like evening kind of wear dress was pink and she wore a red, a bright red lipstick with it. And it bothered me. You don't know what you don't know. That I literally uh, waited until, you know, they were like, judges are finished, you guys leave. They, you know, and so, but I stuck around and I, you know, they were about to pull her back. I'm going to let you know. Stuff, and I was like, never wear a red lipstick with a pink dress ever again. Congratulations. Just a fact. Don't do it because in the meeting of all the judges, I was like, everyone was so gung ho for this girl. And I just kept going, but she wore a red lipstick with a hot pink gown. It drove me crazy. And I was like, I'm sorry, like I, she deserves to win, but God, like how stupid can you be? But someone should tell her. I mean, but it's also like it's. Oh, I totally get it. But like, that's you have like, a 35 like, when you're like, 18. Oh, I don't like you can't figure out not to do that. <laughs> it, it is astonishing. It's like I was ready for you to be just tell me that she wore a dress that was like too short and like when you said red I'm like bra she wore a bright red bra under it like no just I don't know it, oh, oh, but that's that stuff used to bother me too it also also I loved your evening gown at Miss America it's probably one of my favorite gowns that I've ever seen on, on a contestant ever I loved I just thought it was so elegant and so class like it was Thank just you. elegant and it was just like timeless and I mean I felt like I was like You're looking so at like the Miss Americas in like the 1940s like that's the style of dress. it was very like all of Hollywood it was just it was everything about it was stunning I was obsessed with thank it. you I still have it in my closet thank you it was like the I love the designer Juan Carlos Pinier and it's like I love it it's like a corset on the inside it's yeah. like what you didn't know it's like during the telecast like the it was also just interesting because like, I was 22 23 I think I can't remember but um uh they like kept taking up our phones and I'm like no but it was so structured I kept like hiding my phone in it but it was it just felt right like it wasn't I didn't design it like he had already sent it for me which I was so flattered but when they told us it would be like a red carpet gown thing there was just no question in my mind I was like 
this is it. And then I was like over the moon the other day when I saw like, uh, it was like some article featured it in like entertainment weekly or something. And I was like, what? But it was, my dad was so hung up. He's like, it was not intended to be see-through. I'm like, it's a flesh color under it, Steve. It's fine. He was very hung up on the commentary of the photo. I was like, I'm just flattered I'm in there. Just be glad I made it we'll fine. weekly, dad. Doesn't happen to every girl. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I, it's fine. I was like, it's fine with me. I, I was like, they could have said they hated it. I'm still in the article. I, just yeah. it was, I was like, talk about a protective dad. But anyways. I, I tell people all the time, there's no such thing as bad press. There's just press doesn't matter exactly especially in in today's world sorry press is press just be glad someone's covering you so (laughs) um I wanted to play this little game with you so we're gonna do a little on-stage question moment so I'm gonna ask you a question that I've written down you like just so everybody knows like she does not know what I'm about to ask I wrote it down five minutes I'm looking at note cards yeah I I literally wrote it down Five minutes the fish before bowl. we got on the call and you and I had, you have absolutely zero idea what this question is, correct? This is very true. I'm like, I saw note cards and I was like, oh, he is not kidding. I just, I should have sent you like a fishbowl <laughs> to the whole moment. Chris Harrison, here you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> TPT. Um, okay. In the last two years, we have seen confidence in U.S. elections at an all-time low. What do you think should be done to increase confidence in the security of the United States' future elections? When it comes to the security we have and the faith we have in our electoral college and the electoral system, I think American citizens should be much, much more vigilant than we are in making sure that we're getting our news from responsible resources and news outlets, not just looking at the article that's got the most clicks or has been shared the most by someone that we care about on social media, but really doing our homework to see where that's coming from and who's funding that news source, making sure that we're actually getting our news and those facts that form our opinions and that we base our opinions on from actual credible news sources. I think that is where we start, but two, I think it's also making sure we're doing our research into what is going on when it comes to the electoral system and understanding that each state uh, has a different system and understanding how the electoral college works. I'm not going to tell you that I can understand it completely because it's complicated. It always takes a refresher for me every four years, but I think making sure we're educating ourselves and arming ourselves with facts from credible news sources is a great start. That was fabulous. And I counted in my head. Thank you. I was counting one Mississippi, two Mississippi, and that was like right at 20 seconds, I'm pretty sure. Which is like, that's what you get, 20 seconds, right? It's 20, it's the most terrifying thing in the world. There's a giant, like at Nationals, there's a giant screen in front of you, like counting down. Yeah. I mean, like I have never felt like my heart and my throat more than that moment. And it's terrible too. Like I have judged some other like, uh, you know, pageants that are like locals um, and uh, like what prelim preliminary things, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Um, and I, I hate to say this, but I always love the on stage question because I like seeing who squirms and who just starts talking. Because if you're going to be and representing something, even if it's just, you know, Miss Oakland County Fair, whatever it is, I just want to know that you know how to talk. But it's telling because you don't want to put someone up there that's going to say something that like, sets off a chain of events that ruins the organization forever and mm-hmm. you know i mean it is scary but that's why you practice exactly. and i don't know it just 
at the same time, no one expects you to solve world hunger in 20 seconds. You're not going to. You're not going to. Yeah. It's just always, I always pause after I'm like watching. Um, I do this for my friends because we have like watch parties and we'll watch, you know, the pageants together and I'll pause. We're going to do this together next time because I make everybody wear a sash. I literally pause. Misbehaven, misinformed, uh, the whole thing. The whole thing. I actually did that for, I did like a themed birthday night um, on my last birthday trip. And so I was the bachelor and it was like a bachelor party. And so my like rainbow, I had a rainbow sash that said same penis forever. And like all my girlfriends had like the misbehaving and miss party animal, miss, uh, you know, miss whatever, miss alcoholic or whatever it was. And we all like strutted into a bar on a Sunday night in Destin. And here I am with this rainbow sash, same penis forever. And it was like, that feels on brand for Destin though. Yeah. But it was like all locals on a Sunday night. Like this is a spring break. Bless it. More so, like everyone was just looking around, like, "What is going on around here?" But I, I live for it. I was the. I, we are being from Nashville. I was like, "We have to. We're the bachelorette capital of the of the country. We have to do this." So, yes. Uh, since I threw you out there and made you do one, you can do one to me now. Oh, okay. Give me one second. This motorcycle business, my house. Ooh, crazy. So loud. I I couldn't even hear it with your mic. Um, in today's day and age with social media being so prevalent, a click being so easy to make and cancel culture being so quickly to follow up, do you think that we have lost compassion in the United States? I don't think that we've lost compassion. I think we've lost the understanding to empathize and sympathize with people People are people. We make mistakes all the time. Sometimes we're way too quick to like something, to comment. I think it's a more of an issue with maturity and understanding that what goes on the internet can always be deleted, but it will never be fully taken away. So we have to demand that people are mature in their online interactions and make sure that they understand the ramifications. We have the right to freedom of speech, but that doesn't mean that we have the freedom of consequence. Ooh, ooh, but it doesn't mean we are free from consequences. Oh my Lord, I'm going to steal that. Isn't that great? I say this all the time to people because I'm always like, you can say whatever you want to, but I can say whatever that, but I can, you're going to be held. It doesn't matter what you say or what you do. Like you have free will to do whatever you want to and you have free will to say whatever. But if you have the free, you know, the freedom to say something racist, there's consequences to that. The same thing. Right, if you're, like you have the freedom, but you all like with that. It's nothing, just like the, um, nothing in this world is without consequences, positive or negative. Absolutely. Oh, I love that wording, though. Which is why freedom of speech. Yeah, but like, yeah, Not freedom from consequences. Just, there's also like, I would hope a, a plan and a thought before you. You're exactly right. It's just people are astonishing, but that was a beautiful answer. Did I ever tell you that? 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Crown me now. Um, It's funny because I, one of the first like TikToks that I ever did that was like, uh, that went viral. I think it's it's still pinned on my profile. So you need to go look at it because I don't know if you've ever seen it. But I was like making fun. It's not really making fun, but like making a joke out of the USA girls, uh, their introductions, you know, or or they're like. I did see. Miss. 
like screaming and I was like drunk in my apartment, high of quarantine. Like we'd been in quarantine for like a month. So we were all still freaking out. I was like wearing a mask outside in the summer. You're like scared to go on your balcony. Scared to go on my balcony because the person next door might have COVID and what if it can get to me? It's like, you know, there was just no information. So what I was doing, watching a lot of Real Housewives on television and drinking a lot of red wine. And so I got up there and I go, Patrick Weaver, alcoholic, with like a bottle. I remember this wine. one because it was like, you and I had known each other, but I was still getting a TikTok and I saw you and I was like, <laughs> I knew I loved him. Yep. Did, did you see, there was one from my Miss America introduction. It was me and then uh, Mallory Fuller was Texas. And then this guy saying something about like, Joe Smith, Pope, Mississippi. And I was like, I couldn't okay, understand half what he said, but it was like, People are like, aren't you offended? I'm like, no. Should I be? No. I was like, I, I looked really good in that clip. I really, I, I wish that, like, especially so I, my, I call her my sister, but she's like my best friend growing up. We look a lot alike and our moms were very good friends growing up as well. We like lived down the street from each other, had been inseparable since we were in diapers. Um, so growing up, both of us had dark brown hair. We all looked, you know, we looked alike. We were always together. We'd just tell everybody we were brother and sister. So I call her my sister, but she's really not. Um, but I, uh, she was like a Scambia County's junior miss back in the day. And I remember going to watch her in Alabama's junior miss. And I loved that they gave these little fun facts about like their counties as they were up there. They would be like from the county of da, 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 da. I am Mallory Mullis, you know, and I wish that they brought that back because there's, it, I Girl, always enjoyed like the fun listen. little things that they would say. I'd be like, I'm from, you know, representing Escambia County, the hometown of two country music hall of famers, Hank Lachlan. And so what do I say about Memphis? I mean, other than Elvis barbecue and death, like just kidding. Um, but they're like, oh, they did it like this year at Miss America. It wasn't televised. It was like live streamed. It was just it was kind of unfortunate to watch. Um, but they, so was they had this like, it was like the production. It was just anyways. We won't get into that. But so I, uh, I think it was Iowa. Somebody, um, which I'm sure her director told her to do this. Like gets up there and said, "From the state with more pigs than people, I am." I was like, oh. Like my dad and I kept rewinding it. Like we were on the floor of the living room screaming. My mom comes home from the gym. She's like, what are y'all doing? I'm like, we, like, we can't breathe. We're laughing so hard. I'm like, that's of all, all the things so you could have said. Of all the things you could have said, like home of the first ballots cast in an any election. There's something home of the largest state. Say your, in say your state bird. Say your state bird. I don't care. Say I'm from Iowa. I don't care. Just not that. Yeah. I mean, I think if I was going to do like Alabama, I would say something about like how we're the, here's something that I have always wished. And I don't know that anyone from Alabama has ever said it. We are, cause I'm from Alabama. So I think about this stuff all the time when I'm watching these pageants and I'm like, girl, you had this opportunity to say this and you didn't do it. Like you should just know this stuff. Who the hell's prepping you for this and coaching you through this. But um, I always wanted someone to say, like, from the state that gave us influential women like Rosa Parks and Helen Keller. Oh, and, uh, you know, like, 
and you're you're trying to give me some chills influential woman at miss america or miss usa how do you not think about this stuff this is the stuff that is like like from change makers from like there's so many ways you can word that word that of like it's like alabama was like hello sent in the right that would be fantastic movement and you know like the alabama quarter back in the day when everybody would collect the state quarters Helen Keller's on it. It's the first woman to ever be put on a, a coin. I'm pretty sure it's like little things like this. I'm like, good God. I didn't know that. I think it was something like that. Or maybe I can't remember exactly. You know, I don't. I also I go back to all the time and I rewatch questions, you know, because I just find that it's just so entertaining to me. And I'll forever love the girl that said, you know, uh, the maps. Um oh south carolina team usa i could don't oh, know what year that was it was terrible that was terrible but i loved when her name was kelly i think and i don't remember what state she is from but she said she put ellen DeGeneres on the ten dollar bill and i was like that's fantastic i was like homegirl's just trying to she's trying to get that appearance and get that show and i mean did she correct it's smart i'm not upset about it but at the same time it's like Wait, what? I would let I would have loved to have gone on Ellen before I found out she is not a very nice person. So now I'm like, call me Kelly Clarkson, I'm ready. Kelly Clarkson right. first concert I ever went to that was not contemporary Christian or held in a church. I'll never forget it. It was the breakaway tour circa 2000. Oh, 2000. Taylor Swift was my first. I was like, what's your first concert? I'm like, okay, my first real concert. Real concert. Like, when you're from the church group, like you know it because you're like. What's Kathy it, 30 Brown. days or something? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Mercy then, me. Taylor Swift was like, it was like secular. Like that was there, there was these secular, secular. And I was like, mm-hmm. my mom's like, she's literally, my mom's like, she's in a flower covered thing riding around the FedEx forum. I'm taking my kids. Bye. Like, yeah, goodbye. We're going. I oh, love great times. Um, well, I have loved this so much. I want everyone to be able to follow you on all of your social platforms i want you to like drop your handles for everything real quick so that way people know where to find you i'll also link it in the description box but go ahead and tell everybody a little info yeah it's at christine electra c-h-r-i-s-t-i-n-e-e-l-e-c-t-r-a on well everything so tiktok instagram um twitter it's we've kept it kind of uniform for the most part um i really don't snapchat so if you try to add me, it's not going to work. <laughs> but thank you so much for having me. This oh is fabulous. God. I always love getting to catch up with you, whether it's a Zoom or a Zoom yeah. podcast or in oh, person. I need to come see you soon. I know. We, we've we got to have like a plan. We have to have a reunion soon. It's been since Halloween. Unacceptable. Um, yes. So correct. Uh, also, one of my uh, best friends just moved back to Chattanooga. Um, so gotta go visit him at some. My point. door is open. As long, I know. I know you're not allergic to cats, so we're good. Yes, I feel so bad. People are like, "Oh, I'd love to come see you," but I'm allergic to cats. I'm like, I have three air purifiers in each room. Like, we're fine. Yeah, I'm like, I always tell people the only things I'm allergic to are, you know, Republicans and closeted gay men, and I somehow still manage to be around a lot of those. Um, <laughs> I don't really know. I thought I was allergic to those things, but I'm really not. But um i love you to death um if you guys i love you make sure you go and you follow christine make sure that you follow behind the filter on instagram we're at at behind the filter pod pod on instagram you can 
follow us on Spotify. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you give us a five-star rating and leave a raving review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us out of time as we continue to bring you guys more exclusive advertising. But thank you so much again, Christine. And thank you all for joining us today. Join me next week as we take another look behind the filter.